Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I'm back and I'm feeling great. It's Tiffany. And it's Mandy. Hey, guys. And this is Brown, Brown Ambition. Ambition. Yes, look at us all professional. <laughs> um, I got the results of my DNA test that I that I sent to 23andMe. <laughs> no, my husband said we might have to change the name of the show to Beige Ambition. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it turns out I'm four, I'm fifty four percent European and forty three percent Sub Saharan African. I'm only forty three percent black. Really? <laughs> like so? What? So your father? Like? Because obviously, know. like, it's so funny. I mean, I guess that means maybe my dad. My, yeah, I so. mean, yeah, had a little bit of European. Who knows? It was interesting. I mean, there was nothing too shocking. That was just really hilarious. Yeah. Like, also, Sub-Saharan African, that's like what, Ethiopia? Like, what's that? Oh, actually, did I say Sub-Saharan? Sorry, I meant Western Africa. I'm a little okay. bit Sub-Saharan. It was the same thing. You know, I shared my dad's results a little while ago. He was, okay. um, he did Ancestry.com. I did 23andMe. And mm-hmm. his results were all the, you know, the the main, um, you know, Ghana, um, Nigeria, all those West African, country, African okay. countries. And I basically had the same um mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm way more British and Irish than I thought. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I knew my I knew my mom's side came from Ireland. I didn't know all the all the all the British side too, but interesting. Did your dad when he did his did any like European things pop up even in the smallest? I should go back and look now and see um cuz I didn't really I didn't even look that hard at my dad's results. I just looked at, you know, like what where in Africa mm. my people came from. But yeah, thirty nine point eight percent West African, I I am, and um, two point five percent whatever broadly Sub Saharan Africa means. I don't know. That's that's the other two percent. Well, I if I can speak for the um, Black delegation, we certainly would love for you to maintain your membership. <laughs> um, there are oh, some thanks. things you're going to have to <laughs> every year. You will have to renew. You're going to oh, have okay. to watch Good Times. I got um, to have to <laughs> have to pay the the um the extra dues. Yes, the extra dues, you're going to have to wear your curly hair at least, um, I would say, one or two months out of the year. Are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) I haven't straightened this hair in two years. Exactly. This is why we're allowing you to maintain your membership. It's a mess. No, for real, my hair has turned into like a Chia Pet gone wrong. Really? But I love your hair. (laughs) I I know, but like it's bad. It's like an overgrown hedge right now. And I keep trying to trim it. I keep saying like, oh, I can just trim my own hair. 
And I mean, I call it a hedge. I'm just making fun of my hair because it's just, you know, I really do trim it like a hedge. I just snip, 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 like around <laughs> till it's shaped roughly, like evenly. But I haven't been to a real salon in two years now. Um, so I need, a, I need an actual haircut. I'm like, cause I turn around and there are long strands of curly hair that are like, that are way longer than the rest. Of, it's looking a little ratchet. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I saw my 19 year old cousin yesterday and she was like, it don't look right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know, once, once the kids start telling yeah. you, you're like, you know what? <laughs> that was my real rude awakening. I was like, yes. oh yeah, I can't, I yes. can't deny once it Once the team starts saying stuff, you're like, you know what? Let me um adjust. <laughs> she just said, it doesn't look right. <laughs> So um, I was, I, I went to, I had my two week um, um, update with the doctor. Everything is great. I told her my plans of trying to have twins. And she said, she was like, I want you to try naturally first. There's some tests you can take apparently where they like squirt dye inside you and they kind of follow the path of the way an egg would go. Oh, and fun. she was like, yeah, I know. She's like, it's kind of unpleasant. So take Motrin ahead of time. I'm like, great. But basically it'll, it'll show to make sure that my tubes and everything are flowing fully but she said she suspects they are and she doesn't want me to go through IVF she really wants me to do natural first and I'm like but what if I want twins she's like the female body is really meant to carry one baby at a time although it does happen that people carry two but that's not really the what the uterus is for and I'm like so now I'm torn so I'm definitely open to brown ambition uh feedback she said don't like, get those babies in bulk I know. Well, she said that, you know, it's not me. She's like, obviously people do it, but she's just like, well, I would prefer. Now, if I was like 30, I would definitely be like, sure, girl, but I'm 38. And so I guess I'm a little nervous that what if like, I can't like, I really would like my, my, um, my baby to have a, um, a sister or a brother. And I'm nervous. I mean, um, Supergirl is obviously it's going to be her sister, but Supergirl is already 11. And I'm like, you know, like a playmate. So like, cause I know what it was like growing up with like, somebody in my age range, you know? Yeah, so well, I mean, you can only plan so much. And um, what I would say is, you know, you're going to have what you're going to have. And you know, you have friends who have kids and like... Yeah, I have a niece and a nephew. So I just said, well, at the very least, I'm at least going to take do the test to see if... Because she was like, if you flow freely, then there, then you can decide after that. So my mom told me she was going to say, my mom is all for it. Go get your twins, girl. But <laughs> that's because... Every every grandma, potential grandma, is always like, more the merrier, the more the merrier. <laughs> so, uh, but she told me, she's like, your doctor's going to tell you you shouldn't. But it's not like you can't. So I'm going to just gather as much information as I can and make the best decision possible. Superman is getting nervous now because he's like, I can't raise these babies on my own. I'm like, you are so dramatic. He's just, he's worried that like um, something would happen to me in like childbirth. I'm like, oh my God, please don't, let's not go that far just yet. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a that's a sweet inclination. Yeah. I mean, did you see actually that reminds me on a sad note, there was this um this viral this guy on Instagram is going viral cuz he's been posting about he lost his wife in childbirth. It's amazing to think that still happens in like 2018. I know, right? Um in America. Yeah, so he lost his um his wife and it's just like this video of him dancing with his newborn and like the internet is just eating i mean, not eating it up that sounds like cheap but yeah. just it's so sad i think i did like, see that oh. he's like sharing his pain it's it's the most it's what social media it's when i like social media for once i'm like okay someone's sharing something real but it's just so sad like he's oh. really working through the grief in yeah. the public eye um yeah and it's probably therapeutic for him i don't know i mean it's it's definitely i feel like he's probably getting a lot of support 
Um, and yeah, it must be really hard. But someone did. We did get an email from someone who reached out and just wanted to check on you after your surgery. Oh, thank, a lot of people have hit me up on social. Just thank you guys. Honestly, I feel really like last week was like kind of like the last week where I was like, oh, my stitches. I feel I mean, it's deceptive because you want to be careful. But I, I have to say, I feel like mm, 85, maybe even I would say 85 percent myself. Like I'm sleeping normally. You know, I'm not carrying anything heavy or anything like that, but I'm not in pain at all. Um, sometimes I feel a little tightness down there just to remind me, like, slow down. But other than that, I feel good. I've been, I'm back to, um, to quote unquote work, you know, as far as meanings back to sitting at my computer. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's been a hard, it's been hard to jumpstart because I literally took off like a week and a half and I'm like, all right, Tiffany, come on, Tiffany, yeah. come on, you know, but yeah, you guys have reached out to me on social and just hit me up in the inbox. And I just want to say thank you. You know, um, it's and it, it was it's what's so crazy is how many women are like, I had the surgery or I have fibroids. And somebody hit me that I thought was great. She was like, thank you so much for talking about how your insurance covered it. I didn't know that. She's like, I checked and my insurance covers my surgery. I'm getting mine, too. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. Thanks. Oh, really? That just reminds me tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Oh, Happy yeah. Valentine's Day, everybody right? listening. And, and if you're with somebody who's called a Valentine's Day, break up with them. No. <laughs> With an M. Oh, God. Man, someone misspelled definitely today, and I just got the shivers. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's no A in that word. <laughs> That's like um, Pacific and specific. Oh, Lord. I can go. We can go. I know. We're like, oh, let's not do that. Meanwhile, I'm the word. Like, I don't even judge because when, like, in my head, I, I type correctly, but then I reread some of my Facebook statuses, and I'm like, so... There's no spell check anywhere on your computer, Tiffany, because this is horrendous. Um, I'm just not a good, like, typer. Although in my head, I know the right things to say. That's okay. We forgive you. <laughs> Are you guys going to do anything? I already told I told Superman, like, eh, I don't, you know, I, I don't care. It's a nice excuse to actually, um, it's a nice excuse to do something nice if you want to, but I don't feel pressure. Um, we, we're, you know, we're in the middle of this house process, so we're both just like a <laughs> bundle of nerves so I, we are going to see Black Panther on Friday. Ooh. Not, not technically a Valentine's Day date, but I'm excited. It looks really good. I got these tickets like a month ago. It does. Look, I Honestly, everyone keeps saying I have not seen one negative review, which is like unheard of. Yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. Kendrick Lamar did the soundtrack. It is like the blackest. I mean, first of all, like to have the first, this is this is the first all black superhero movie, right? Or like primarily black Right? I can't think of another one. Maybe that one on uh, Netflix with um, Luther or whatever it is. But this is like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, and I just love that they they are doing the most with it and really embracing it. And they got they got Ryan Coogler to direct. Like he directed – didn't he direct Fruitvale Station and um, Rocky? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a good um, director. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's right. And um, and they got Kendrick Lamar to do the soundtrack. Like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. It's it's black on black on black. Blackity black by black. <laughs> hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. 
They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right. Are you ready for some brown break, brown booths? Always. Well, I am going to take a brown break from the people who are going a little bit too hard against these new presidential, um, the first lady and um, President um, Barack Obama, their um, their new official portraits. Oh, Lord. I'm going to yeah. take a brown break. I mean, I'm I not going to lie. endorse this break. Yes. <laughs> like, so when I first saw, I'm, I'm very familiar with, uh, let me, you know, let me, um, portraits, because I'm going to, I don't want to say their names wrong, because especially since the young man who painted it is um is uh, Nigerian. Port- so then, was it a young man? Because I've only seen the woman who painted Michelle. So two separate artists did the portraits. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it's like Kayende. Let me see. But they selected them personally, right? Yeah. So okay. and 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 the portraits are um honestly the the portraits are perfect representations of like their work. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and so it's like, okay, it's Kayende Wiley. I believe he's Nigerian. At least I think he's West African. So, and then Amy Sherald, who's from Detroit. So Kayende Wiley, like, sorry, what? I just, people are already messing with this one of Obama. Cause you know, he's in like the bushes. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They put like Sean Spicer creeping out from behind the bushes. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Continue. But people are going so hard. And I'm like, so most people like, um, president Obama's, um, um, his uh, portrait, but I mean that's how, and some people don't. But that's if you look at Kayende's stuff, it's it's larger than life. I've seen it at the Brooklyn Museum; it's beautiful, and like his stuff always has his background like this, so it's not a huge surprise. They clearly knew it wasn't like, oh my god, I've never seen it before. It, like you know, anybody who's an artist knows that the, you do a sketch and then a color sketch. There's all of these processes that go along. So these weren't unveiled like, oh my god, what is this? And then Amy Cheryl, that's the one that people are having the biggest. Um, pushback with because so she is the um the first lady is kind of gray toned which is typical of her paintings um and then but her dress has a lot of meaning that there's different it's um kente cloth and kente cloth um was meant to give different messages like different patterns that you wove into kente cloth would give different messages so that way um slaves would could communicate with each other without um their masters knowing. Hmm. Um, and so she, yeah, she embedded all that in there. And so when I first saw the first ladies, I wasn't in love. I will be honest, but it's definitely grown on me, especially as I've looked up this woman's, her, her, um, her work. And I'm like, you know, it's grown on me, but people are really like, I mean, this is historic. This is two black artists drawing the first black president and his first lady who is also African-American. Um, and, um, and they're black artists, and this stuff was going to live in history forever and ever. I don't know if you've seen the lineup of like the last ten presidents, um, their um, their portraits. It's like gray and brown and black tones. They're all beautiful, and then all of a sudden, boom! 
President Obama's um, portrait, which is like beautifully lush and green and full of life. Mm -hmm. And they will go down in history. And you cannot like the art itself because it's super subjective. But people are like just dragging almost like the artist, which I'm just like, really? Like, I'm just over it. Like, I get it. You don't like it. Honestly, I don't care. I think people are too quick to judge. I mean, if you ever go to, first of all, I think seeing a a little tiny image on your computer or your phone is not the same thing as being in front of this massive work of art. And if you've ever gone to a museum, I mean, the whole point of those benches in a museum is to sit with it and to look at it and let it wash over you. And some art isn't necessarily as easy to digest as others because it challenges you because it doesn't look easy and palatable. And I'm not, this is not to, um, to, um, to shade the, the man who did Obama's portrait because it's beautiful and lush. And I think that's maybe a little bit more appealing just because it, the colors used, they're just easy to digest and they're, they're so clearly vibrant. And Michelle's is, a, is, is quieter. I mean, I, I yes. think that you just have to give it a chance. It's regal. It's elegant. To me, it's like, it's almost like a black and white image with a little bit of saturation added. And I, I, I just think it's, I loved it. And I don't see anything like, I, I just think people are just, First of all, I think it's a great headline. Michelle Obama's portrait doesn't look anything like her. I mean, whether it's a, a magazine cover or, you know, an Instagram post, Michelle Obama's appearance from the second, you know, they hit the national stage has been like picked apart. And it, to me, it's kind of sad, but not surprising that the same is happening with this, you know, this work of art made in her image. Yeah. And yeah. And like you said, it's, and art doesn't have to look like a photograph. Like it's not. Mm-mm. It's yeah, an interpretation, it just, and it's exactly. yeah. The only person she, who really knows it is the artist and whoever is looking at it. You know, what does it say to you? Exactly, and and from what I understand, you know, um, First Lady Michelle Obama, she picked the artist. Like seeing some of her work, like this is this is indicative of her work. Like gray tones for the skin, like it just it looks like her work. I mean, some of her work is a little bit more colorful, but the skin of all of her of all of her um, people are always this color. So I'm just like, and people are like putting brown on it, talking about, I fixed it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Oh, that is so, that's the worst insult. That's the I worst know. insult to her. I'm sad. You know what? Yeah, I, it does make, because I know what it is to like, and I think we all know what it is to put your heart and soul into something. And then the reception, it's one thing, like you don't have to like everything I do, but then the reception to be, you know, just levels of disrespect that's just unnecessary. Like, I fixed it. Like, girl, this is like my life's work. Like, to be able to to work with, you know, the first black president and his wife and for my things to sit in the Smithsonian as a black artist, do you even know what that means? For you to say, I fixed it or I just, like I said, you don't have to like it, but I don't, I think we live in, um, the social media age has made everybody think that disrespect is cute. Yeah. And funny. It's like, we're all bad three-year-olds. You know, like the three-year-old that's like, listen, Linda, listen. Remember that video with that little boy was telling his mother off? I, I still quote that video to this day. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Okay, listen, 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 Linda. Like, we all are like bad three-year-olds getting like high fives for being like disrespectful and unruly. But they're mm-hmm. like, oh, but it's so funny. Like, okay, until you grow up and you see people in person and you wouldn't say it to my face though. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants, everyone wants the funny hot take, the most retweets. But this is going to stand through history. Tweets don't, you know, tweets are nothing. This is going to, you know, decades from now, kids are going to be passing this portrait and they won't think anything of it. Exactly. So that is my brown break from the negativity about the portraits, whether you like it or not, they're here to stay. And I'm proud of the two artists. Absolutely. Oh, I just find anything with their faces on it comforting. 
Yes. I'm going to buy some Michelle Obama socks or something. Just to... <laughs> um, so I, I want to do a brown boost this week. I actually was hanging out with um, a couple of friends, um, not this, pre- a couple of weekends ago, and I meant to do this break, this boost last week, but the whole house thing took over. Um, so I need to do a boost for Sesame Street. The wokest huh. show on the in the world right now, because I was I was I happened to stay over at their house and they have a young daughter. She's um, a year and a half and she loves Sesame Street. And it was Sunday morning, and I guess a new a new hot Sesame Street episode drops on HBO every every Sunday at like nine a.m. I didn't know it, but I found out. And so <laughs> we were all watching it, and it was this it was the cutest little episode. It was about a, it was one Muppet with with a curly natural hair. And two poofs yeah. on either side, like the same way I wore my hair. And a lot of black girls wear their hair when they're little kids mm-hmm. um, and sometimes still now. And and then a little Muppet with like blonde hair. And they were they were dancing and the blonde hair girl, it was all about teaching about self-love and how different hair textures are beautiful. Uh, but they told the story like for children, you know, the way that they did it is the girl with the blonde hair was like whipping her hair back and forth. And she was like, whip your hair, whip your hair. And the other girl's like, well, my hair doesn't whip like that. We can't dance together. And then the the end the story ending was like we can dance together. Your hair, I think she, I think her hair bounced and her her hair bounced and the other girl's hair whipped and they made like a dance Aww. about you know hair that bounces versus and hair that whips. And I just thought it was so cute. And I was oh like, I love Look it. She was Sesame Street. Like this is amazing. You can just tell they are really like whoever's writing this show. Um, like you don't think about children's television, but and how important it is, you know, but. I, I don't know. I just I just loved it. And to see their little brown baby watching them made me so happy. Oh, I love that. Honestly, Sesame Sesame Place, right? Or Sesame Street? Oh, Sesame Street, I think it's Sesame it's street, street, right? I mean, it was yeah, Street I think, when I was a kid. Maybe it changed. Yeah, now it's on HBO. You know, I don't know. No, I think it is Sesame Street. I think Sesame Place is like the actual, like, there's a physical, like, uh, location where, like, an uh, amusement park. But yeah, Sesame Street is the best. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we have any good questions? We do. I was saving this one from last week. Let me go find it real quick. And Um, I just want to say yes, iTunes for that um Black History Month um Done stole my wind, didn't you? Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Reached out and snatched it. We're gonna save it, we're gonna save it, we're gonna save it. Never mind. Rewind. So, do we have any questions this week? No, it's fine. Um, Sidebar, yeah. my friend Libya Jones, I posted like um, um, about Black Ambition on my Facebook page. She was like, oh my God, tell your co-host Mandy. She's got a great voice. I was like, ooh, wow. I will. Thank you. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> oh, I can't laugh too hard still. <laughs> oh, really? Sorry. Um, thank you. Uh, I will tell my siblings who constantly told me how annoying it was when I talked all the time as a kid um so yeah we have a good question and you guys thanks for sending we got actually quite a few questions this week but I have to go back to those from this one from last week um but just as a reminder you know you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com to drop us a question just click on ask us anything or you can hit us up directly uh via email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com all right, so this question, I thought it was funny. Um, this is from Jamisha. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Jamisha or Jamisha. Um, she says, is there a harm to getting rental cars for other people? My two brothers are constantly asking me to rent cars for them. 
I always say no because I don't want my name attached to it. And if anything happens, it could it could fall on me, correct? I told them I don't want to lend out my name and they're insisting that I'm not and if uh, they're insisting that of um, blah, 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 uh, and try to guilt me saying you never want to help me, blah, blah, blah. What do you guys think? Am I being too harsh? They have their own cars, but they're always selling them for some reason or another. And in between, they drive rentals. So uh, you know, I that, why is that, that's such a young guy thing, right? I feel like I could like, this, get, get the ahead. car selling it, right? Get the car, sell it. I don't. It's probably they're leasing it, and their leases are up, and then they're like renting in between or something like that. I don't know. That sounds something shady's happening. I think your <laughs> spidey senses are correct, Jamisha. Jamisha, I would say no in a heartbeat too. Um, but I actually just had this happen. My baby, my baby cousin, who told me my hair ain't right. Um, I'm gonna put her. I'm gonna put her business out there. So she's 19, and she's lived. You know, having having seen her grow up since. From, I used to live with my. Between college and, and getting a grown adult job, I live with my uncle in his basement for like two months and I live with my baby cousins um, and I, you know, in the same house with them. They were 12 and six and Anna was a 12 year old. So I've seen them grow up and they, you know, their parents took were always there for them. Whatever they wanted, they had it, you know, lived like a, but a very loving, like supported kind of household. Never had to, you know, never wanted for anything like solid middle class. And now Anna Banana, as I call her, is mm-hmm. is in college and she wants to get a wants to get her first apartment. You know, she's working the job, she's got the school going on, but they require a cosigner. And her mm-hmm. dad, for whatever reason, doesn't want to cosign. So I get this like frantic test from text from her. Mandy, I need a cosigner. Please cosign my apartment. And I'm like, <gasps> and this is the first time, but I'm like, I love this is my baby. Like I love Anna to like I would do anything for her. But I had to what? check myself because I was reaching for the pen and I'm like, like <laughs> what would you tell a brown ambition listener, Mandy? Mm. Don't do it. Like, don't do it. Um, and I feel like this is what happens when like your siblings or someone comes to you and they give you those big puppy dog eyes and ask for something like this. And honestly, th- the truth is you might not even be able to. So I'm on um, Enterprise's site. And uh, Enterprise is a major car rental company, and they have on their FAQs, can I pay for a rental of a car for another individual? And it says that the renter of the vehicle must be present to sign the renter, uh, the rental agreement and provide the credit card at the time of pickup. The renter cannot provide um, a credit card or debit card belonging to someone else. And if you wish to pay for a rental car but have someone else drive it, you can rent the vehicle in your name and add them as an additional driver. That's so that is possible. Yep. Um, and in order to add an additional driver, the driver would have to meet all of their additional driver requirements, and you just have to figure out what that is. So you can, but you have to. Add, so I, my worry is that what requirements are they not? Are they just looking for your financial support, or are there some requirements that they're not able to um, reach? You know, and so I would just be nervous because if something happens, you know, that's your your name and your, you know, potentially your money. And so the answer would be like if my sister asked me to rent a car, it's hard when it's like your, you know, your baby sister or brother. I mean, I mean, a judgment call based on what you know about them. Yes. I was going to say that, like, if baby Lisa asked me, the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) I love baby Lisa. Sorry, Lee, but uh-uh. now if my sister Tracy asked me who's two years younger, she's super responsible. And let's just say she's like, I just need it for a week because my car's in the shop, blah, blah, blah. I might say yes, because Tracy is the most responsible well, out of all of my sisters. 
you know, although it's not the best idea, just based upon our history, I might say yes. So, oh, I know what know, it might be. What if they're under 25? Ooh, well, then if they're under 25, then you would want to, and that's what I was thinking. That's what it sounded like. Still, you'd want to add them on as an additional driver, and you'd want to make sure that they could legally drive that car because they would have to still meet whatever requirements are required as an additional driver. So you'd they have to figure that out. have to show the rental agency their driver's license. Mm-hmm. You ever add them, right? For, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I hope what they're not trying to do is get you to rent it as, you, as if you're driving it and they're, they're going to drive it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, because you can get in even more trouble for that. What? Super trouble. Super, super trouble. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, Jamisha, um, I'm going to support, I'm going to back you up on this one. Hold your ground. Don't let your shady brothers use your name. <laughs> yes. First of all, this requires you going down to the rental agency, taking exactly. time out of your day. I mean, this is a lot of trouble for you. They need to get their act together. And exactly. I'm, I'm kind of talking to myself and trying to like build my – because I still kind of feel bad for saying no but to, my, to baby Anna. But I'm in the middle of the mortgage process. I can't be co-signing you know, an apartment. And also, I mean, if anyone – have you ever been asked by like a, a sibling or like a cousin or, some, or friend to co-sign – um, thank thank goodness, no, not as yet. Because I I literally remember that when I was in high school, my dad sitting my sisters and I and all down, forbidding us to co-sign for each other or to ask each other to co-sign and telling us why. Like we had real money lessons, and so like that's never. And I don't have any cousins my age, like our age range. So it was mostly like us growing up together, and so we've never asked each other to um uh to co-sign because we've, you know, we kind of grew up with that lesson of like, my dad's like, don't ask me and don't ask your sisters. The answer is no. If you want to give your sister money or if you want to lend her money, that's another thing. But to co-sign your name, don't ever do that. And I wish everyone had your dad to like give yeah. them the, give them the talk. Um, yeah, you know, I talk. didn't say, yeah, I, I should actually just talk to Anna and explain to her more reasons what, like what co-signing means and like why you know, why I was hesitant and, and, and why she should think she should find other ways to get that apartment. I think you can put down a bigger deposit um, okay. or, or something like that, or just plead your case. Um, Cause I, you know, I don't know, but that just kind of goes back to, I feel like growing up sort of always kind of getting what you want the first time, you know, that first time when you're like a teenager and you don't get something that you want, like a teenager trying to be an adult. Yes. You're like, what do you mean? I can't do this thing, but I had an idea. I was going to like, you know, have my own apartment. I kind of, it's hard for me, but I want her to feel that yeah. frustration and then find a solution on her own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's good. But like you said, it's a great teachable moment. Definitely. Well, thanks for your question, Jamisha. And good luck with them brothers. Yeah. Woo, child. Do you want to take another question? We could. If you give me a second, I'll find another one. All right. In the meantime, I'll keep you guys company. So, hey, come here often. Um. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy it has not been a terrible winter in the Northeast. I mean, we've had a little snow, a little cold, but it has not been. We have definitely had way worse winters. And so I'm glad that, although the flu season has been at its worst. Do, 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 I know. Do, <laughs> I'm just talking, <laughs> talking about the weather. Everyone's like, <laughs> Stay with me now. Stay with me. I so, have another question. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I'm going to start singing in a minute. I had to save you. So this question is from listener Juana. Um, she says, I was wondering if you guys can talk about paying a car or mortgage off sooner. Is it possible to double up on payments each year? Thank you for your time, Juana. Juana! Oh, you want to pay it off? I know you probably hear that a lot. Sorry. What? Um, 
No, I was saying Wanda. I was using her name like, ah, oh, y'all want to pay it off early, huh? Mm-hmm. But I'm sure people use her name Wanda like that all the time. Super clever. Yes, exactly. I'm sure she's like super original. Um, good question. I was I- actually just asking myself this. Sorry to cut you off. Then I was going to say, yeah, go ahead. This is good for you. My babe. Because I was, because um, you know, we're getting a mortgage for this house and I was looking at the amortization schedule. I had to practice saying that amortization schedule. And this is basically, if you've heard of this phrase before with the mortgage, this is the schedule of how much of your payments will go toward your principal, which is your actual loan balance, versus the interest that you're paying on your loan balance over time. And I looked up, I just, you know, did there's like amortization, oh God, I can't say it, <laughs> amortization okay. calculators on the internet that you can use and you can put in your loan amount and it can give you an example of what your schedule might be. And I was astounded because banks set it up. Maybe this isn't news to everybody, but it was like news to me to see this, um, that how much of your first mortgage payments, like for the first yeah. five years, go toward yes. interest. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to pay how much money in interest and how little? I think it was – I don't even remember. It was like – it was over 100000 in interest and less than hundred, like less than 50000 in principal payments in Crazy. the first five years. I was like, oh, So uh, naturally, I'm like, how do I avoid this? And um, you can make additional principal payments on your Mm -hmm. mortgage. Um, There's typically, I I mean, I haven't gotten my first mortgage bill yet, but I've read that there's typically a box you can that's you can check when you're paying your bill online, or even I don't even know if people mail checks anymore. But online, you should be able to say, I want to make an additional principal payment, and make sure you check that box and submit a payment toward your principal um, whenever you want. I think there's no Unless your mortgage loan has some sort of prepayment penalty, which is a thing lenders can yeah. do, penalize you yep. for paying your loan off early, which is shysty to the ninth degree, um, nth degree. Um, yeah, so just keep that in mind. But yeah, you can totally pay your – make additional payments toward your loan. And you don't have to do it just once a year. I think she said doubling up on payments um, once a year. No, you can you can double up once a month. You can take an mm-hmm. extra $50 that you get from, you know, mm-hmm. doing so- – like getting a rebate or something and put it toward your mortgage – and I'm I'm thinking compl- I'm like already strategizing how can I beat this <laughs> I amortization <laughs> schedule because nah like how are like, you nah, gonna do son, that? I can't go out like that. No, it's <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I and uh, be just be more mindful. So Mandy said everything that I would say. I want you to just be more mindful because she said car and home that you're more likely to find um, if you're financing a car, you're more likely to find that um, they have that prepayment. Um, that you're not able to make a prepayment. Because I've seen a lot of people not really read their um, finance um, contract when they when they finance a car. So just be really careful about that. Like homes, it's, it, these days they typically don't have that. But obviously you want to ask that question. Like, well, am I able to prepay this mortgage? And the car, the best thing to do, truthfully, is to bring your own financing from like your own bank or even better, a credit union. So you know everything. And you're like, no, no, I actually came with my own. I don't, you don't have to worry about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, did you see that more and more, I don't know if you've seen this, this is, this is in alignment with um, home buying. Like I've been seeing more and more videos, like the guy from Shark Tank said this, another guy said this, that they're really telling people not to buy homes. What do you mean? Like on the... So just saying, like I, I was watching the guy, I don't remember his name, but the the bald guy from Shark Tank was like, unless you're married with kids, he does not suggest you buy a home. And his name is Kevin, I think his name is. Oh, the Um, guy from FUBU? No, 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 no. Oh, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Wonderful. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The old guy. Yeah, the old guy. Yeah. And poor him. He's like some probably multi-billionaire, millionaire, made all these great moves. And we're like, he's relegated to the old guy on Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> so um, he was saying that, but he, that's not the first time. Like, I've been seeing it more and more pop up as I read, like, I like to read, like, a lot of, like, financial, like, articles and magazines and stuff. And really, they've been talking about, and even now with um, the new tax plan, how, um, like, that your your um your standard deductions are gonna actually outpace what you'd get if you were to itemize your um income tax. I'm not your income tax, your um your your um mortgage tax. And mortgage so interest, your property taxes. Yes. Oh thank Both. you. I'm like, yeah. come on, Tiffany, bring it on now. I'm here. I'm with the layup. I got you. <laughs> you I'm know take this across just, the finish line. <laughs> and so I'm just like, wow. So it's 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 a weird not by house movement that seems to be brewing. And I, I don't necessarily I to me, there's benefits, obviously, to both, but this I'm is... just wondering why that's happening, why people are telling you not to buy a home and that renting is better unless you have, like, you know, like a, a family. Yeah, I've actually been, you know, because I started, so it's funny, not funny, but I started covering personal finance as a journalist um, in 2010, right at the, you know, the the, comp- the economy was kind of, like, falling apart and the housing crisis obviously had already happened and was dragging people down, you know, for years to come after that. Um, And at the time, there was this huge movement, you know, the idea of the American dream being get a house, you know, with the backyard and the picket fence and all that kind of stuff. There were, you know, a ton of um, articles being written back then about how that dream has been destroyed by this housing crisis. And ever since then, that I mean, the most common Uh, One of the most common headlines I've written and seen in personal finance news is buy versus rent. When does it make sense? When does it not make sense? Mm -hmm. And and I think – and also among millennials, the idea of buying a house, this is why I struggled with it for so long. And, you know, I really resisted um, my husband who wanted to buy a house. I kept saying, why – why throw all this money into a you know a house that could any day now be worth nothing? Um, why do that to ourselves? And also, renting is you know so much more freeing. Like we don't have to worry about maintenance or um, you know just that's actually just it maintenance. Um, you know pipes that are bursting and all the responsibilities that go with home ownership. Like there's I've definitely heard this argument, and I think what's I think what's making it um, like maybe a little bit more common now is the fact that we are in a very like we're the market is going up i mean not just going up but the housing market is insane the 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 supply of housing the supply of houses is so not keeping pace with demand that Mm. that's why housing values are just going insanely high right now like in atlanta for example atlanta is one of these cities you know we we just did a study of competitive housing markets and um atlanta is one of those cities i've been looking at my brother just bought there where i'm wondering are there is there like a mini housing bubble happening in atlanta and these other cities where people are just like rushing to buy houses and it's driving up prices because there's not enough inventory um, and I actually asked my buddy Tendai, our chief economist, about this, and he explained the whole – the reason sort of why we have this lack of supply and okay. why that's driving housing prices so high. And he explained – and it makes a lot of sense. So you know, leading up to the recession, 
Um, you saw a, a ton of people building developments and speculating and buying up homes and, and buying up lots of land to build houses on, you know, all these developers, all these construction companies building these developments. And then the housing crash happened and there was all these empty houses never sold. People lost jillions of jillions of dollars. And so there was this fear around the same thing happening again. So people weren't building as many homes. Okay. Um, and so there just isn't naturally enough homes now to meet demand in every city. Some cities, okay. it's not that bad. Some cities, it's way worse. New York City is ridiculous right ridiculous, now. Ridiculous, yeah. So there's this artificial price increase that's happening just because of natural supply versus demand. Okay. And actually, my financial planner, when I we talked to her last week, I needed like someone to tell me that I was not making an insane choice because I was worried about it too. You know, it is a hot market. And, yeah. I, and I was looking at, I mean, if you look at, if you go to Zillow or Trulia or Realtor.com and you can look at housing values in your neighborhood over the last, you know, 10 years and across the board, what I've seen is this, this very big dip around um, 2008 to 2012 and then this huge incline since then. And I was mm. like, damn, I wish I could have bought during the dip. The dip, yeah. <laughs> I, and I felt like that, yep. When I was stalking like Zillow and, and uh, um, Trulia and, and Realtor.com, I remember looking like, oh, man, I, I could have got the same house for like $70,000 less as, as, yep. I, as I was looking. But at the end of the so, – so one of the things that I did with my planner, and I'm glad she asked that. She, what she said is, you know, I think you guys are thinking about this. You know, you have a, you have a healthy size down payment. I think you're thinking things through. But I am concerned because you're buying at the height of the market. And together we looked at housing values where we were – the county where we're buying, specifically okay. the county where okay. we're buying. And um, the house that we're getting is $100,000. I don't know what percentage it is. Lower, less – the sales price is about $100,000 less than the average sales okay. price of a comparable home in this county. Okay, um, good. And like I said, I got very fortunate. I'm just, I'm just explaining my thought process because I think, you know, I think everyone's situation is different. But here's why I thought it was a good deal for us. One, the it's right place for us, for our commute and our lifestyles. Two, we're getting it because the couple who's selling the house are really eager to retire, very eager to sell. We were, we were fortunate to even find this house on a whim by checking the Zillow app. Um, and they slashed the price because of how eager they are. So we're getting it under market value. Yeah, good. Significantly under market value. Good. And I actually went back and I looked at where the housing prices in this neighborhood were at the bottom of the market in 2012. That's when the bottom was for the county we're purchasing in. Um, and the house is only just slightly more than it was um, than the average or the median, whatever it is, um, sales price of a comparable home. And in 2012. And I recommend if you're thinking about buying and you want to know, eh, is this market, is this a bubble? I would go back and, and see, you know, definitely look at the comps. You know, you, yeah. you might hear that if you'd like watch any HGTV shows, but mm -hmm. like see what a comparable house, meaning like single family, how many bedrooms, how many yeah. baths mm -hmm. in the same zip code, same city or whatever, town, county um, is selling for. And then you might get a better idea if you are, if you're really buying uh, the tip of a um, potential bubble or whatever. Um, and that's the key is you want to like, if like Mandy and I are buying in, we're thinking like investors. And so even though we're going to live in these homes, you still want to think of your house as an investment. And so like, I, you know, I'm so glad that I got outbid on the other homes because honestly, it, they were, 
the housing, the help, the homes that I didn't get were really super inflated because they would be listed for 200, maybe 220,000 and then go for 260, 280 two weeks later. And so if I would have gotten one of those homes, who knows if once the, the housing market settled down in Newark, if, if I was, if I overpaid, whereas now with this house that we're getting, because it's a foreclosure and the house and the comparable houses in the neighborhood are worth um, three sixty. This house is worth three sixty six in its current state. Me getting it for one eighty guarantees, like I mean, it would have to drop so significantly in order for this not to be a good deal. Even with us gonna put like we're gonna put maybe like up to fifty thousand dollars worth of work into the house to get like the bathroom in the, in the kitchen that I want. And so even with that, we still come out on top. So if you're buying a home to live in, to still think about it as a as an investment. Like, you know, like Mandy said, she did her due diligence to say, okay, despite us buying like during a time when we're at the top of the housing market, this house is still a good buy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, investment, not in the sense that, oh, I'm going to, this is going to be my nest egg one year. You know, I feel bad for the couple because this really, you can tell this is their nest egg. You know, they mm. bought this house in 79 for $45,000. Um, you know, they made a ton of money, but, but this is their retirement. And I, you know, and, um, and I, and I understand why they want to, why they want to sell now. It's great seller's market. You know, there's tons yeah. of buyers. Um, but I'm not thinking that way. I really do. I just want to not lose money on this house. Dear mm-hmm. God, I don't want to lose a lot of money in this house. <laughs> You're not gonna. Um, but it's also, you know, another thing is, you know, the, you know, you, I don't know if, well, you bought, you paid for your house in cash. Most people, um, use a mortgage and the mortgage lender, I was, you know, I've interviewed, like, I felt like I was interviewing. I really was interviewing three different lenders to see what they had on offer. And they'd be like, oh, well, you can qualify for way more than this. Don't you worry. You're like, we can get you up to this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Here's yep. what I want. I don't yep. want that. I want half of that. This is how much I need a loan for because I do not want my expenses to be any higher than they are right now as I'm renting. Yeah. And that's been my goal. And I'm so far – I mean, I'm, I really had to to put a roof, a ceiling on my own um, budget and – with my budget, we really weren't supposed to be able to get a house. It's only because we got this deal. We saw happen to see this, you know, this house um, right when it sort of hit the market that we were able to get it because I – and thank God they like us enough. I mean, who knows? Knock on a million pieces of wood because we're yes, still in contract. I know. Anybody well, can come and outbid us. You know, anybody uh, could, you know. Um, I'm going to knock on all the wood. All um, the wood. All of it. But, you know, that's that's – I think that's – you know, if you're thinking about buying, definitely don't get caught up in the emotion of it or the, oh, Mandy and Tiffany are buying a house. Like, and my cousin just bought a house and I should buy a house. No, you really have to look at your own situation yeah. and and where you're buying and what's happening in your market and what you can afford. Because yeah. if anything positive came from the housing crisis, I think it was that breakdown of this myth that you need a home, you need a house to be successful or to be seen as successful. Yeah. No, you just need a high, you know, a positive net worth. Like, exactly. You're doing okay. I got my home. I thought I was so grown and cute. I was like, I'm 25. Condo with a house, condo. Al, check me out. And then a few years later, I'm 25 with a foreclosure. 29 with a foreclosure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like grand opening, grand closing. So yes, if I could talk to that Tiffany back then, I I had like forty thousand dollars saved. I could have invested and done something different. Um, and yeah, there was just a lot I didn't know. So definitely buying a house is not the cure-all. Um, anytime you're spending a lot of money, you just want to be mindful that you're adding to um, your lifestyle and you're adding to your net worth. Yeah, I'll let you yeah. know how it all works out. 
Yeah, like, we're rooting for you. So hopefully, oh. like I said, May nineteenth is is our closing date. We're just some just you know we've been through a lot. I'm like we've been through a lot with this. House. You have, and I'm in that mode where I'm like something's gonna happen. This can't, no, don't, don't claim it. You you guys have you're gonna have smooth sailing. It's gonna be great. Like I told myself, even if the bank doesn't clean out the house like they promised, because that's what we're waiting on now, then the good thing is we have all the paperwork. We'll just close because we've, we've got the, the, the closing agent and they have all the paperwork. We could close today. That's the only reason why I feel really confident is that we can close today where we are. But, you know, they promised to clean out the house. And honestly, it'd be a few hundred dollars, if not um, a thousand or so plus dollars to rent the dumpster and all that stuff to get rid of all the crap in the house. So I'd much rather be patient and mm-hmm. let them take care of it. But they promised a month ago. So this is like their last month to kind of get it together. Know. Yeah. And if not, I just told Superman, let's just whatever. If that's what it takes, I mean, we'll just get our friends together to help us out because I just don't want to wait forever, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, one one quick thing I didn't mention. I actually, you know, one of the reasons I talked about on the show, it's an early stage. You might be wondering, why is she talking about it out loud? Like, what if something happens? You know, it'll be terrible if it, it falls through. But I'm so I'm I'm kind of like so fascinated by the whole mortgage lending process itself because I've written about it for so long and now I'm living it and mm. I'm really excited to be able to share some some like actual first person experience with this with this shadiness. Like the like the one thing I'm excited slash nervous about is um so we've put in our we've gotten pre approved for a loan from different lenders. We chose our lender. Um you'll be excited, it's Ally. Um, uh, they do mortgages, um, and their customer service is great. So, um, so we've gotten approved, we are in contract, but the lender now is going to do an appraisal. And this is one thing to keep in mind when you're buying in a hot market. So the bidding wars are happening, you know, you're putting in a higher offer. We didn't get into any kind of, you know, a a serious bidding war. What was I going to say? Oh, the appraisal. So I was, I'm worried. I was a little bit worried. I'm like, okay, what if the appraisal comes in? You know, the bank wants to know that if they give you this loan, that they will be able to recoup it if something happens, right? So that's why they do their own appraisal of the property um, and they get their own value of the house. And if you're in a a hot market, you know, if that appraisal comes in lower than what you've been bidding, um, there is something written in our contract that gives us an out that we can, you know, leave the table at that point um, because the bank isn't going to give us a loan for the amount that we need. You know, we'd have to basically make up the difference in cash. You know, let's say the house we 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 put in mm-hmm. a bid of like five hundred thousand, but the appraisal says it's worth four twenty. Then the bank would be like, "We're only going to give you four twenty. So I have to come up with the other eighty grand. And I'm, you know, this is a hypothetical, but I ain't going to do that. Um, so I would walk away. But that's, you know, ma- our lawyers, you know, made sure that that clause was in our contract so we can get out. Um, but that's sort of my that's the question I have now is what's it going to appraise for? Because if it's not what we're buying it for, I am not. Mm-mm. Of course. No, no. Now here's the thing. This is the mistake that I made with a house that we loved in the beginning that what I wish I would have gotten my um, uh, in- inspection before the appraisal because you have to pay for the inspection and the appraisal. And I had them both done on the same day. And I found out that the inspection that day, like our inspector was like, yo, this house is falling apart. And so now if I would have known that I could have not had the appraisal, the appraisal was like, I don't know, maybe like $900. So I paid for that on a house that if I had just gotten inspected beforehand, I could say, you know what? No appraisal needed. We're not getting this house. So that's just, yeah, that's something. Go ahead. um, We actually got our inspection the same week our offer was accepted. Okay. Yeah, because I did it. 
Yes, the appraisal is not, I mean, the inspection. So, but that's something I didn't realize. I'm like, oh, I should have had the inspection done ahead of time. So, just so we don't have to even go through any of this stuff because if the house wasn't going to, you know, if it didn't pass, I didn't have to spend all this extra money. I ended up spending, honestly, when it was all said and done, it was like over $2,000 in the process to, to, to only find out later this house is not, you know, livable, basically. And I was like, oh, it was such... I know it was such a hard pill to swallow, but it was a good lesson because there's things you have to pay for along the way. Like, you know, um, that, you know, I, you know, had I known, like I said, I wouldn't have done, but you know, you live and we, you learn. And I was just like, uh, just, just this mindful for you guys who are thinking about purchasing a property, make sure you get your inspection first and foremost. And so far I'm finding out all the averages you read on the internets are higher than real life, at least in New York. Like my inspection was $600. But okay. then once you factor in this pest inspection and this radon test, which to this day, I don't know if, you know, I really needed it or not. We spent $800 on the inspection. Um, and I was, and I, but I walked, I don't know if you walk through with your inspection person, um, but I, we walked the entire house with them and it was a man and his son and they were like incredibly thorough. It was like a two and a half hour, you know, experience. And I felt really good and solid. That's the only, like I wanted the inspection right away and so fast because it wasn't, it is an older house it was built in 1947. And I, I just wanted peace of mind that we were going to be, you know, not investing into something that was like, you know, falling apart. Falling apart yeah. <laughs> and then once we had that, then we were like, okay, all systems go, let's do this thing. Um, and the appraisal, yeah, the appraisal, that's part of your closing costs um, down the line. I'm excited slash terrified. <laughs> they'll find. We'll no, no, don't worry. Like, yeah, I mean, if your if your inspection passed, then if, if, from what I've heard, appraisals usually like are in alignment. You know, that's good though. Keep us informed. I can't wait. I Barbecue know. at your house. Oh, don't jinx it. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Should we share this one or do you have um, your no, own? No, I'd like to, I would definitely like to share this one. Uh, we can share this one. Um, so if you guys haven't checked your iTunes app lately, you might see some familiar faces. <laughs> iTunes showing the love to Brown Ambition once again. They put us on the Black History Month um, featured list on the podcast page, which is so exciting. Yes, very exciting. So check it out. Um, well, you're already listening. So, you know, you probably saw it or you've already been a fan. But thank you for your support. And thank you to iTunes for the love. Anything you want to add, Tiff? No, it was just nice to see. I'm just like, wow. It's so weird. Like I like I say every week, I just feel like I'm just talking to you, Mandy. Like, yeah, girl. And then so it's weird when someone's like, oh, my God, I love Bad Ambition. I'm like, that's right. It's recorded, edited, and shared. <laughs> just because I'm just so like, you know, it just feels like us, like how we would talk if we see each other or hang out or whatever. So it's just dope that, you know, it's like our friendship is, I don't know, interesting. And I just love that. And so entertainment, that's what we are. (laughs) You and me together, money. (laughs) You and me never part. So let's talk about how we can get Ally as a um, sponsor. We're putting it out there. If you work for Ally, holla. Wait, is that some sort of, am I going to get a, I don't want to, I don't want to violate any uh, federal overall laws. I'm not trying to bribe anybody. No, (laughs) No, I'm just saying that. No, no, I'm just saying like, you know, because I love Ally, you love Ally. Hey. That's true. We're fans. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just putting it out there. If you know of any other brands 
that you're a part of. They don't have to be financial brands. If you've heard us talk about something, about our hair, nails, whatever, and you think that would be cute, cute little sponsorship opportunity, definitely hit us up on our website, which is brownambitionpodcast.com. Dot com. Um, Got it. Yeah. And then, you know, because you just never know. You just never know what listeners are listening out there. So you can certainly contact us there and say, hey, my company would love to sponsor an episode or a year or two for a bajillion dollars. Yes. Um, And thanks to everybody who filled out the listener survey. I'm going to post another link on – well, you can still check it out on our Facebook page. It's just like eight or nine questions really quick for us to get to know you guys better. Um, And I'll post a link on the website as well. So if you haven't filled it out, you still have time. And thank you for the couple hundred people who have already taken part. Yeah, we love you guys. Love. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, yes. Happy Valentine's. Galentine's. (laughs) With the M. Happy Valentine's. Oh, got it. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.